Welcome to Politics and Prose, the podcast focused on people and politics. Gail Dudley, the audacious advocate, is an author and activist committed to evoking an awakening that compels people and communities to move beyond the status quo. Gail has created a platform to introduce fresh voices through interviewing guests who are relevant to everyday life. Politics and Prose will also share aggregated political data and present it in a way that takes communities from being informed to taking action. New episodes air on Fridays. Make sure to follow Gail on Instagram, Twitter, and post.news at Gail Dudley. And subscribe to her YouTube, www.youtube.com slash Gail Dudley. Tune in to be informed and make sure to subscribe to Politics and Prose wherever you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. Now let's get into it. Welcome, everyone. I am your host, Gail Dudley, the audacious advocate, author, and activist committed to introducing all of you to fresh voices through interviewing guests who are relevant to everyday life. Thank you for joining us today as we kick off Author Month this month of November 2023. Today, our topic is on the book Distorted View by author Sherelle Ward. I want y'all to meet this woman, wife, mother of four children, four bonus children, and a grandmother of 17, maybe 18 at this point, because I know one was on the way. Uh, Sherelle has a deep passion for ministry, community, and well-being of others, especially women and children. She holds a bachelor's degree in Christian theology, and she is ordained as an elder in ministry. As she states in her book bio, she says, and I quote, my life has had a great deal of unexpected situations and circumstances, but not totally void of some joys, fulfillments, and love. She goes on to say in her quote, I'm grateful to share it with you. Not every day is perfect. And oftentimes we get stuck in the not so perfect times and to keep the outside world from knowing what is happening inside we develop a mask of hope and perfection that we, or I believe, was necessary to protect myself, my family members, and my reputation within the church and community. Now, I um, I want all of you all to know that I served as her consultant um, at, on her book journey to self-publish, and I had the honor of reading her book many times, many, many, many times. And I would like to share the following after I had time enough to pause now that the book is published and rethink her book as I bring her on to interview today on politics and prose. And I'm going to I'm going to read to you what I've written down in Distorted View, Uncovering the Truth Within. Author Sherelle takes us on a profound journey through the uh, labyrinth of self-deception and masks that we wear to hide our true selves from the world. This grippling memoir chronicles a life lived in the shadows of false truth and explores the profound transformation that occurs when one finds the courage to live authentically. For Sherelle, I believe in reading her book, Living a False Truth was as routine as getting dressed each morning. Before stepping out the door, she meticulously donned not only the attire of her choosing, 
but also the metaphorical mask that concealed her true self. Her story is a testament to the silent battles many of us face every day, the battles that erode our self-worth and leave us adrift, disconnected from our purpose. I want y'all to know that through the pages of her book, Sherelle opens her heart and soul to share the deeply personal experiences that led her to a place of profound inner turmoil. With remarkable candor and vulnerability, she allows readers to glimpse her struggles, her fears, and her ultimate triumph over the distorted view she had of herself. I want y'all to all get a copy of this book because distorted view is more than just a memoir. It's an inspiring call to action. Uh, y'all, Sherelle prays that her transparency will serve as a beacon of hope, illuminating the path to self-discovery and healing. I want you all to know today during this podcast, and you'll see through some of these questions I will ask her, her story is a testament to the power of speaking out, being honest with oneself, and seeking help when needed. It's a reminder that freedom from the prison of self-deception uh, is not only possible, but within our reach for anyone who dares to confront their own distorted view. I love this book, you all, because even in the back, she has a space for you to journal your distorted view and getting down to that truth. Y'all, this book is an invitation to break free from the confines of false reality and embrace the journey to wholeness. As Sherelle boldly declares, go live your truth, uncover, heal, transform. Y'all, in the pages of her book, you'll find not only a compelling narrative of personal growth, but also a guide to finding your own authentic self and living a life that is truly yours. Y'all, Distorted View, Uncovering the Truth Within, y'all, is an uplifting story of redemption and self-discovery that will resonate with anyone who has ever felt trapped behind a mask. It's a testament to the resilience of the human spirit and a powerful reminder that indeed you too can be free. And y'all, as we're going into this holiday season, it is time for all of us to be free. Do not wait until January the 1st. You can begin that freedom now. So I want you to listen to this podcast, but as soon as we sign off, I want all of you to go to amazon.com and put in that search bar, distorted view. Sherelle, and that's C-H-E-R-E-L-L-E. So let's get into this interview. Welcome, Sherelle, to Politics and Prose Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Gail. I am honored. I'm so excited to dig into this. Um, I know you've been doing some Facebook Lives. You've been gathering with groups of women. You have some ideas of where you're going and the retreats and conferences that are to come. But I want to just pause and back us up a little bit after reading all that I just read. And please share a little bit about your personal journey and what inspired you to finally, I mean, finally write this book, Distorted View. Well, my personal journey, uh, this book, it goes from the time I was a child up until maybe about the age of 55. So um, in this journey, I've gone from being a child who was dealing with uh, a molestation and 
um, sexual uh, abuse up into becoming a teenager and dealing with the very same there and then going into my young adult motherhood and being a single mother, uh, having children out of wedlock. And I'm doing all of this stuff, guys, while I am faithfully growing up in church. Uh, my father was a pastor and an elder all of my life. So I was very committed to being a Christian girl. But we know Christian girls, they live too and experience some things too. So I found myself experiencing some things outside of like religion, I just the regular life and maybe life that I was not even prepared for, you know, cause they don't always give you everything when you're in church. They just give you a little bit, don't do this, don't do that. But however, uh, I, I, I trottled on to become a, a young adult and then married and divorced twice um dealing with uh shame deception um hatred uh just a lot of abuse verbal mentally physically it it's taken me up until the time where i finally finally sat back and looked at myself and was tired it took me a long time to get tired of trying to hide all the things that I've gone through throughout my life, y'all. I've hidden so well because mm. learning from a child, tell you don't never say nothing. I've learned to hide so well that it actually was my life. Wow. You know, that's so interesting that you share this. And first of all, thank you for your vulnerability. But you yeah. said something. Um, you said I, I just was tired. Um, at what point, like when, even in that tiredness, did you say, okay, what's really going on here? And if so, can you share that with us? Cause I think today, um, so many women, and I can even say today, probably so many people were just tired. Um, so what was that like to hit that tiredness? And was there something that triggered your tiredness that you had a connection? Can you please Definitely. speak to that? Yes, definitely. Um, so after all of this, going through divorces, being single for about eight, no, 10 years, um, because we had separated and then I was, we were divorced eight years. And I finally decided to try to have a relationship again. Girl, why? <laughs> <laughs> why? Because after being, going through all of that, I still love love. Can you imagine that? I still love love and know that what I've gone through could not be it. It's got to be something better. Well, I get there. He's in church. He's not in my area. I met him. Now, let me tell you, ladies, you got to be careful with this social media thing because you can meet him on social media and they could be a whole one thing on social media. <laughs> And you find out that he's something else, you know, in person, met him on a Christian site. Okay. And um, we built this relationship and it took off fast. And I started putting the brakes on when it was going a little too fast for me. And the deception took me to a place 
I didn't even know I would go. Wow. Yeah, I found out, and this was six months prior to us wanting to do these nuptials, uh, that he was not living the life that he had told me about and that he had some things he was hiding. I've opened myself up (laughs) to this man, but he's hiding things waiting until after the wedding. And those were his words. I was just going to wait until after the wedding to tell you. It pushed me to a different place. I was angry. I was so angry. And I was shamed because wedding was planned. I had my tribe of girls. Everything was set up. The place. Here it is. I got to make a decision. And at this age, I am too old not to pay attention to warnings. I am too old not to pay attention to the signs. So what did I do? I paid attention and I made a decision. Either you're going to stick with this for the rest of your life or you're going to walk away and not deal with it at all in your life. And I had to make a decision not to deal with it at all in my life. Now, I was a different person at that point because I was, like I said, very angry. I was upset, Gail, and I didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know what I was going to do. I pulled myself back from church because I was angry with that too. Imagine. I I was. I was like, "Ah, I don't want to go. And my friends were calling me just to check on me because they hadn't seen me. And I'm just like, I'm not doing it. I don't feel like faking for everybody that I'm okay because I'm not okay. And it's okay to not to be okay. And I think so often we've, I think today is starting to change some, but so many people are like, no, I can't let anybody know I'm not okay because you're considered the strong one. Or, or you're like, I can't let anybody know this is happening. So you go into this place of isolation and there, I believe the enemy really wrecks our mind, you know, so we get into this whole battlefield of the mind piece of it. Absolutely right. Yeah, you are absolutely right. And going through your book, um, it's just, it's a, it's very interesting. Even when we were going through different edits and things like that and mapping it out and connecting the dots, I remember several times saying, my gosh, this woman is a strong woman. And I think so often we we step back and and, uh, we look at our stuff. But when you start reading somebody else's story, it's like, shoot, I'm in glory. Because it's like she's going through. And my thing is, can you share? And, you know, we only have, you know, 45 minutes of a a podcast here. But can you share two or three steps you took to begin to come out of your distorted view? Well, first step was I had to be honest with myself. I had to be honest with my friends and family. I had to be honest about the place that I was in. Um, Once I began to be honest about it and not put on the strong Sherelle, you know, that I can handle this, I'm good. I had to show my vulnerability. I had to show I was breaking down. So honesty, that was my first step. Second step was listening to my friends tell me, girl, you need help. And I was like, what? It was like, you need help outside of church. We ain't talking about church. You need to get some help. So I sought out a counselor and a therapist 
that took me through the steps to healing and finding myself. I had to unpack trauma that I thought, because when I went to my sessions, I thought I was just gonna deal with this current situation. And she clearly let me know, it is not this clearly, this, this current situation. It is a lifetime of trauma that you've packed and we've got to unpack it all. Number two, that was that, unpacking the trauma that I had to deal with throughout my life and seeing like, wow, the repetitive pattern that I was on because that was my life. It was what I knew. So we had to unpack everything. And then three, I had to go through the steps of healing. I had to heal from all of the trauma that I had been through. How did I do that? I had to be um, upfront, transparent. I went through the steps of counsel with her. I had classes and homework. And I mean, for real homework, I had to do each week to see Sherelle, see myself, and then see who I wanted to be. Wow. Who you really were. Yeah, so that was my three steps. And and thank you for that. Do you think that some people um, choose not to go seek help because they have to go through the homework and people are so afraid of reliving what they've been through when they're discussing it with someone? I know when I'm coaching people myself, I can tell when somebody shuts down. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not a therapist. I'm, I'm a, a, a life coach. I, I do spiritual right. formation. And people will shut down. And right. I can feel it. Um, I did a post not long ago where I said, you know, I started praying for the person I was in this Zoom coaching with because they kept telling me how they could not do it. And then I was praying that they would recognize that they could in their success. And, mm-hmm. and you have to allow people to go through that. And some people don't want to because they feel like, oh, this is painful again, but they don't yes. understand. They need that pain to get yes. out. Yes. So so even with that, did you ever find time where you were um, fearful to keep going because your therapist, your counselor was digging too deep? Um, I was fearful. I, I'll be honest, I was. At first, you know, it was good. The initial, I was comfortable with her. That's another thing. People got to find somebody that they can really talk to and they can relate to your situation. Not everybody can relate to your situation. I had to go through one and I we didn't mesh. I got another one. She referred me to someone else and we did. And Wait, stop right there. I love that because so many people think they have to stick with the very first person they were referred to or they went, they attend to. And you have to. No. I don't care if it's a, a, a corporate coach or whomever, a mentorship, right. whoever. If you're not vibing, yeah. no, no, don't keep going because it could become more painful for you because you're yeah. not even doing the work because you resent being there. I didn't mean right. to, to take you off course. No, that's you okay. said something and I wanted that to get, get out there. People think they have to stick with someone. And it's like, no, And if we can go this direction, I, not to veer you off because I want you to come back and deal with that. But I think there's some people sitting up in churches with pastors that they don't even like. And it's yeah. like, why are you there? Well, this is their tradition. This is my my big mama's church. This is my great grandmother's church. We This is the family church. But you don't even like the person. So they're not right. helping you. 
And we have to get free, but I think this is some of the trauma, the distorted view that we have. So now that's back the distorted up, view. where you were headed, because I took you that's, somewhere else. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the distorted view. But yes, I had to find one that I meshed with. And um, it was a scary situation, but I built trust with her. She wasn't telling my story nowhere. She wasn't trying to make me feel bad. She wanted me to be healed. She wanted me to recognize what I was going through. And she helped me with all of the homework. It's a lot. Everybody does not want to, they don't want to stay because I was in sessions with her for a little over a year. I did it. And I was so proud at that last session. And she said, there's nothing else that I can do. You've done right. the homework. You've right. done the work. Not everybody do the work and stick through it. You've done the work. She said, you're good. If you ever need me, my number's on speed now. You yeah. can call me. But I did the homework. I faced it. I had to come out and even say, I didn't care about what people thought about me seeing this therapist. Right. You might need to go see a therapist. <laughs> Um, I didn't care. You, you need to go. And once I mentioned it in a session, they, you don't know how many women came to me and said, I need to know who it is you went to. You went to a therapist. They couldn't believe it because I'm Sherelle, the church girl. I've grown up. I'm the elder. I'm the preacher. I'm the leader. Yes. We need some help sometimes outside of the walls of the church. You know what I love about that, especially today? The millennials, that's like a part of your everyday venture. They go on a therapist and they don't Listen. care who knows. And they will tell each other, you better get find you a couch. You yes. And I'm like, wow, yes. this, this, this generation is like, okay, I'm here. So I want to I want to tap on this. This is this is good. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So now the idea of wearing masks uh, seems to be a very powerful metaphor throughout your book. Can you describe, like, just name them off? Some of the masks you wore and why you felt compelled to wear them. Shoot, name them off. What the mask of perfection? You got to be good all the time. Uh, the mask of uh, inf- inferiority. I'm, I really was inferior to, I felt that to everyone. Uh, the mask of rejection, I dealt a lot with that. And that comes from a child all the way up. Uh, you deal with those who always say nasty words to you and they always exclude you. No, not you, not you. I dealt with that on even on a greater level in my adult life, rejection. Uh, the mask of being a strong mother because uh, I had children and going through a horrible uh, time in marriage and with their father and all of this. I I don't know how I shielded my children, but somehow I did. That I could be in one room having a whole fit and come out of that room. Mm-hmm put this mask on, I'm mommy, I'm gonna take care of whatever you need and take care of my children. It took my youngest daughter 
um, her name is Sydney. And she says, she's been so into this book with distorted view, you wouldn't believe, Gail. But she says, mom, I don't know any of this stuff you're talking about. She said, when I tell you, and I love her words, mm -hmm. I quote them. When I tell you, your storm never got us wet, it didn't get us wet. I oh, have I no idea that. of what you were saying. I had no idea you went through some of the stuff you went through because all of your life that I've known you, you've never seen to show any of this. That's my baby. Give that quote again. This is Sydney's yes. quote. The storm, say that again, the storm. She said, she says, mom, and I quote, your storm never got us wet. Never it, got us wet. Yes. Wow, that's a power that meant maybe that's her book. Yeah, the that's storm that never her. got me wet. Now, y'all, I'm gonna yeah. everybody hear this. That's already taken. That it's is already taken. Title. <laughs> <laughs> that is powerful. It is. And, wow. and at that very point, when she said that, I made her repeat it. I said, What did you say? And she said, Your storm never got us wet. She said, I never got wet. I never saw any of this. And all I know you to be the woman who had it all together all the time. Wow. One thing I'll, I'll say, Sherelle, and I, I know you and I've talked about this before. Your book mm -hmm. is, a, is an encouraging call to action for others to speak out, to be honest, to seek help. What advice would you give someone who is currently living their own distorted truth? I know you gave us three steps of what you went through. Mm -hmm. and, and I think those are, that's where that person or those people who are tuning in can, can begin. But what advice would you give to someone who's currently living in their distorted truth? How do they distorted. begin to peel back that onion? Wow. Uh, or should I say first, that wall? So Yeah. It's a wall. Um, first and foremost, they got to acknowledge it, though. They got to acknowledge this is where I'm living. And that's and how why. Can they? How can they? Let me push. They, let, me, let me ask this question. How can? Because let, let me set this up. Um, and y'all, and I'm doing this on purpose, y'all, because y'all got to attend all her retreats, workshops, and everything, because I'm telling y'all she knows what she's talking about. But how can I, or how can a person, um, who they they're so distorted. The view is so distorted. They can't even yeah. see that they're in a mess. Yeah, you can't see straight. It's you. The focus is off. It so is how do off. I acknowledge that? So how do the same way that I I I want to say that I did? I had to sit down in my mess and see that I was not focused. That I was all over the place and too busy trying to hide it from everybody to see that I was all over the place. Um, this is how I can help many is because I've done it. Who do you know that's gone through and come out of a situation near yours or it's similar to yours? It, and you see them successfully come through that. This is why I know for me, I, I needed to do distorted view. I needed to tell my story. It's not everything in my whole life, but this is going to help someone else come out of their distorted view. Look yeah. at their own life. Write your story down. 
look at the, the steps that you took to get distorted. How did it happen? Who told you you weren't enough? Who right. told you that you weren't good enough? Who told you that you had to stay with this because nobody else would want you? Who told right. you that? You got to right. look at you got to look at the steps to get you to where your focus is gone. I was losing myself. I didn't know who I was. Yeah. You know, I'm hearing that a lot today with people. Um, they're saying, I'm losing myself. I, I don't know who I am. I, and I'm trying to find out what's the root of that. And, and maybe neither of us have the answer today, but yeah. I think that's a good starting place. Like if you're yeah. starting to feel off, like something's not right here. Yeah. I think that's when you say, you know, I need to go dig a little deeper here. I need to go yeah. and do my prayer closet. I need to go sit on somebody's couch. I need to go exactly. uh, find that confident to that confidant to share that. Um, wow. Your, the story of you is ultimately, I believe, a story of transformation. What uh, were some of the most significant changes and personal growth you experienced during this journey? Wow. Now, remember, this is there's only 45 minutes show. Yes. <laughs> I think you probably go nine hours on this for nine days. But Listen, <laughs> um, you know, there are so many masks, like I mentioned earlier, that I wore. But one thing about me that I changed, I remember on my birthday, uh, my birthday is June 25th. And on my birthday uh, a year ago, I was turning, well, then I was turning 56. And I decided I didn't want to wear my wigs anymore to cover up the loss that I had dealt with. I lost my hair um, in many, many years. And it came through all the traumatic experiences that I had dealt with. And mind you, my family didn't know. Nobody knew because I was so good at hiding mm -hmm. what I was doing that I needed to, uh, they, they never knew. So I needed to come, I was tired of that. I said, I'm tired, I wanna, this is the look I want. I'm gonna find me somebody. So I sought out to look for some people in Atlanta and you know somewhere, I said, where am I gonna go? Somebody that can help me. Cause there's help for a lot of women with alopecia and all kinds of hair problems. And so I was looking to see where I can go. I mentioned it to a friend and come to find out there was a young lady right in my city, which I didn't even know she was here. And she helped me. I called her and she uh, gracefully accepted me and said, I got you. Her words to me the whole time is, don't worry, I got you. Nervous, because I've never gone to nobody because and shared what was going on with me. She saw me took me in. I walked into, she's a barber. I walked into a barbershop full of men, nice looking men too, nice looking men. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I walked into this barbershop to go get myself taken care of. And I pulled a hat off and I talked to her and she says, I got you. And she takes care of me, cut, clip, fill in, do what she had to do. And I finally walked out with this buzz cut and a nice little part on the side. I remember I went straight to my mother's home and I knocked on the door and she opens the door and she says, oh my God, you know, she lets me in and she says, oh my Lord, that's the bomb, ain't it? 
That's the book. I became, I peeled it off and I went and I shared, I told nobody. I just showed up. I love that. It also speaks to your freedom in finding that true self inside through all that time of distortion. Um, How did writing the book impact your own healing and transformation? Were there any surprises or revelations that emerged during the writing process? Yes. You know, I was, I wrote the book. I so-called wrote the book, the first manuscript I thought, but then I found when I sat down again, things became clear, like came back to my mind. I don't know if you ever had experienced that in writing. I was like, oh my God, I forgot this happened, especially with dealing with having to have abortions. I like you hide it so well. I knew I did, but it didn't come to me. And then I had to go back to that time. And as I wrote this book, I would write and things would come back to me. Tears would flow as I'm writing. I was gonna ask, did you have any breaking points when these things were like that? I did, tears would flow and I would have to step back for a minute. I stop and be like, I'm gonna go sit, listen to some music, watch TV, get away from it. I yeah. set it down, get away and think about like, girl, you something else. I used to, and I was encouraging myself, girl, you something else. Yeah. And I yeah. get the strength and say, okay, Lord, let's do this. I go back to it and start writing. Start writing. You you mentioned, you, you, you know, uh, you mentioned a key piece here. You know, this is called politics and prose. What what do you think now with the with the political climate? Roe v. Wade. Um, you live in Ohio, in the state of Ohio, with the mm-hmm. uh, issue that's coming up. You know, here we are, November the third. The issue's yeah. coming up next Tuesday yeah. of the yeah. vote, yes or no. And yeah, uh, I don't want to know how you're voting or anything. But but when you say that, and I'm sure there's so many listeners today, they're like, yes, I'm there. How is this political climate playing in in the same time of the release of your book, in the same time of having this conversation, the same time that so many women are fighting for their their human rights? Can you speak to that at all? I can. Um, Women need to fight for their their rights. Now, I'm going to say that. Um, I don't know everybody's situation, and we don't know how everybody situation is going to turn out. I, but I know for me, um, no, it was a traumatic thing for me, but having the, being able to deal with it on my own, I don't know about somebody just coming in and telling me what I could do. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's it, hard. It's, it's a hard topic. It's a hard subject. Um, and it's a hard decision. I'll say yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hard one. And, and I was sharing with my parents not too long ago. I said, I see why. My parents are 87 and 88. I said, I see why. I said, y'all did better when y'all didn't talk politics or who yeah. you were voting for, why you were voting for. I said, y'all were very yeah. silent on that. I said, yeah. Over the past what 10, 15 years, we're coming out just saying everything. It's like just it's, loud. 
we're just, <laughs> just it's like a lot of noise it's, it's a, a lot noise. Of noise it's a lot of noise it's a lot yeah. of noise so thank you for letting me tiptoe out there you put it out there so i said oh, i'm coming behind that <laughs> what messages or key takeaways do you hope readers will gain from your book especially those who may be struggling with their own distorted views key takeaways uh you hear at the end i always put uncover heal transform i literally did all three uncover what is keeping you bound uncover that thing heal whatever however long it takes whatever steps you got to take what works for you so that you can be completely whole and then transform meaning i'm no longer bound in the cocoon i've come out i become who this beautiful butterfly that i am i wear them all the time because <laughs> i do because i know the transformation i had to take uh, to be sherelle open honest uh, me um, yeah. people will like me people may not like it but i'm good on either one i'm good on it because now i sleep well at night I don't worry about coming home. I sleep well. That's great. I love that. I love that. Um, even as you're saying that, you know, you're free, the butterflies, you sleep well. I, I look at distorted view um, as a deeply personal and vulnerable memoir. Oh, yes, of, it is. Uh, yeah. Look, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was the most um, challenging aspect <clears throat> excuse me, of sharing your story with the world. And some of those who know your story, you said you, your daughter yes. has read it. How are they responding to it? <clears throat> I know how your, your daughter responded, but how are others responding to it? Um, I, I've gotten, especially since I've done a few little small groups with some women, young women, older women, and they're like, wow, I never would have thought you dealt with this and they're um hearing words uh that i'm saying and it's just like ringing in their head i had one young young lady tell me that just this week she was like i can't get it out of my head that i've got god's got to hear my voice he's got to hear what i've got to say and that was in one of the sessions that we were having and another is like oh my god i was suffering this all myself by myself and here's somebody right here that was going through the same thing that i could have been talking to that was another one yeah. so it's positive some i know once the book now the book is being published um i don't know some, there might be some negative because some people may not be able to handle trauma yeah. They might not be and, able and to okay. handle the trauma of it. And it's okay. Yeah, that's, um, that's okay. Yeah, they might not be able to handle some of the things that I say and share, you know, the things deep within me. Um, but I pray even after reading it that it would help them still to come out of whatever they're hiding. I love Whatever that. they're going through. Yeah. I love that. I, you know, I'm going to just be selfish and ask this question before I ask my last couple of questions with the time that we have left. What was it like working with Gail Dudley? 
<laughs> oh my gosh. She is wonderful, but she is a stickler, honey. You're gonna get that work done. Nope. You're gonna take take them notes. But in all honesty, I loved every step of it. I didn't have the clue about writing a book. I did not have a clue. I thought I did writing it and just thinking, here you go. <laughs> this is it. It's like, this is not it. She's like, okay, we got some work. We're going to work. And I'm like, I'm all for it. But oh, you were gave- great. You were a great client. Let me tell you, you're one of the best authors I've ever had. You were doing the homework. So you do do homework. <laughs> I do the homework. I do the homework because Gail, I meant this thing and I wanted it right. And I wanted it to be just what I saw in my mind to help someone else. And in doing all of this, it freed me up. Now you've introduced me to so much with uh, doing this, writing this book and getting it published, self-published and the work and the social media and all the things. I said, wow, she's showing me a whole nother level of Sherelle. But, and you know, you see, I love it as well. I absolutely love it. So, and it was, it has been my joy to help you through this process. Um, you brought life back to publishing for me and consulting with people um, because there's been times, and I've shared some of this with you. There's been times mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you hired me to do something, but you don't want to do the work. And I'm, I look at some of these authors like, that's not going to sell. And people don't want to hear that. They just want people to say yes. And I'm like, no, yeah. that's not going to help. And I've had yeah. people come back to me that said, okay, I, I was mad at you. I went somewhere else. That flopped. I realized that you're speaking the truth. So I'm coming back to right. you. It's like, it's like, now you're paying double because you didn't have right. to do that. But yeah, you know, now so we got to go back and fix it all over. Right. Yeah. So I just want to say thank you for being such a great client. So I have this question. As an author, you're now an author. Yeah. What, <laughs> what other projects or initiatives do you have in mind for continuing to inspire and support others in their journey towards authenticity and self-discovery? Like, do you have any upcoming conferences, retreats? I know you do coaching now. So yeah. one-on-one, is your calendar open? How do people reach you? Just answer all those questions. Woo. Okay. <laughs> so yes, I am um, formulating even now the conference that I want to have um, for women, not excluding men, but I need to get my sisters in here um, with this uh, conference of smoking glass. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some healing and looking at ourselves and see what it is that we see for real when yeah. you look at yourself. Um, I, you can definitely reach me. I'm on social media doing some real about rails. I do that live. Um, that's them young adults, honey. They like that real about rail. They keep asking, you know, when are you coming back? So we're going back to real about rail and give some information about distorted views and just some life um talking life with them. They just said, we need you back in the field. So we're getting in the field. Um, lastly, yes. Lastly, I'm going to work on getting a journal to go with a distorted view so that people can go through the steps of coming out, taking those layers, getting your focus back. Um, 
yeah, we're going to start working on that as well. So it's so many things, Miss Gail, I see in my mind and I be writing so many notes um, <laughs> all because of you. <laughs> I remember that one session. Let's see, I was, I think I was in Atlanta. I think I was on my way to see Beyonce. And we were on the phone. Um, and we were, I was showing you all the steps of how you can build this empire through this book. And I was blown away because you were writing down every note. And I was like, she's the best client in life. Like she really <laughs> is taking this seriously, which I love it. So even I, I see your 2024 as being huge, but I want I want every listener to know you can contact her even now for yes. coaching. And y'all, it costs you. You have to invest in yourself. And but and it costs, but you want to pay the price. And she's not going to give prices here, but if somebody wants to reach you. How do they reach you? And, they, and by the way, y'all, I know some of you are driving or whatever. All the information will be listed in the description as well. So how can people reach you? Wow, they can reach me on any social media platform, especially Facebook. My name is Sherelle Patrice Ward Jackson on Facebook. But however, you can send me a message at um, uncover at new image ministry dot com that uncover. is my is it uncovered with past tense or uncover uncover present tense uncover, uncover at new image dot com dot com wow thank yep. you so y'all start reaching out so you know again this is politics and prose so i must ask this question what book are you currently reading who's the author and why this particular book this book here is the last book that I'm, re I'm reading currently now, The Power of Self-Love in 31 Days. The this Power of Self-Love in 31 Days. Yes, The Power right. of Self-Love in 31 Days. This is uh, the author is Cherry L. Eldridge. Um, she is a friend of mine. And I've gone through this book once and going through it again because I love this. She gives small um like tips and words of encouragement short prayers and talks about relationships love self-love reflection this is a great day-to-day -day book yeah okay i love the power it. of self-love in 31 days i love it we asked that question to everyone who comes on politics and prose and it was interesting the team and i we were like okay if we're talking to authors and we're talking about their book how is it that we're going to put in another book and i said because i believe that you can have more than one book and what you're sharing right there that book will be a great accompany to your book distorted view it definitely so, is yeah i love this i love this well this has been amazing um, please, everyone, we're going into the holiday season. Um, I'm going to challenge all of our listeners not to just buy a book for yourself, but to consider your circle of friends, your circle of influence. So uh, you may be buying five books. You may be buying 10 books. You may be buying 50 books for your ministry. Whatever it is, this is a book that you must buy. It's called Distorted View, and it's by Sherelle. P. Ward, and that's C-H-E-R-E-L-L-E. -E -L -L -E. And again, all of that's going to be in the description. You can find it now on Amazon, you all. You can find it now on Amazon. Make sure you secure copies, plural, 
as soon as possible. Are there any last words you want to share, Sherelle, before I sign us out of here? I want to say thank you for having me. This was a joy uh, just to discuss Distorted View and how it's going to take off. Look for I it, y'all. And it is. It's going to take off, you all. It's going to take off. And I want y'all to have your own copy so that when she's on all these big shows, y'all may call this a little show, but when she's on all these big shows, you can be able to say, oh, I remember when she was on Politics and Pros. Look at her. I got a signed copy. <laughs> Listen, don't play around. Y'all don't play around. Don't play. All right, everyone, y'all know what I say. Um, stay well, uh, live your life in abundance, and make some bold moves. We are out new episodes air on fridays make sure to follow gail on instagram twitter and post.news at gail dudley and subscribe to her youtube www.youtube.com slash gail dudley tune in to be informed and make sure to subscribe to politics and prose wherever you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode 